For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome back into The Drive with Tim Donnelly here on 99.9 The Fan. Joining us in studio now, Mike Lennon, former NC State quarterback, 10-year NFL veteran, and co-host with, with yours truly of the Pack Therapy podcast. Coming out uh, in time for your morning commute on Friday. We'll have episode one uh, published on, on YouTube and everywhere you find your podcasts. So if you want some, some real NC State deep dive football action to get you ready for this season, uh, check it out where you, everywhere you find uh, your podcast. But while we have Mike here, I, I, I wanted to, to pick his brain on some, some quarterback stuff and specifically uh, some Bryce Young stuff early. Uh, it's one preseason game, so we've been, we've been doing our best to take everything with like not just a grain of salt but a, an entire shaker of salt. Uh, but, you know, four for six, 21 yards and three drives is, is enough to, to try to figure out why. And everybody's kind of settling on the offensive line wasn't doing a great job. Uh, even his first completion, which I thought was a, was a pretty impressive read. He, he got hit pretty hard, which isn't, is not what you're, you're hoping for. Um, how important is it from, from your perspective, somebody that's been in the league behind a whole bunch of varieties of offensive lines, uh, that they, they figure that out and, and, you know, quickly not, not wait or, or not, uh, you know, let it drag too far into the season. Yeah. I think it's gotta be the number one emphasis of this team. Yeah. When you draft a quarterback, number one, overall, Pretty much your entire franchise is going to be based around that guy, and they need to play better. Now it's this fine line of it was a couple series in <laughs> week one of the preseason. A month from now, this will be long forgotten. Mm. So I think that's what you kind of always have to think about in preseason games, whether it goes good or goes bad, is once the season gets started, no one remembers what happened in the preseason. It, it's it yes and no, right? Because if, if it continues, then you do – like, you know, the the – I don't know the the best example of the preseason meaning absolutely nothing is Jamar Chase his rookie year when he dropped everything in the preseason he was dro dropping screen passes and then literally as soon as week one broke he was one of the three best receivers physically in the game and he was catching everything but I mean if you think about it if he kept dropping passes and and you know it became a, a big problem we would have said oh remember in preseason he wasn't catching them either so in order for everyone to forget about the struggles of the offensive line and be able for us to go, ah, ha, ha, it was, you know, a couple series in the preseason, they have to fix it, right? Because if it's not fixed, then it's like, oh, the first the first showing of this massive problem was the first week of the preseason, which, uh, you know, new coach, new coordinator, all these things that, I mean, I mean, you're, you're a state guy. Ikea Kwanu last year was really, really good uh, on the, the left side of that line at tackle. We saw a few times, including that first play, where he and the guard weren't on the same page, you know, passing off stunts and things, and, and Bryce Young got hit. That could just be rust, but it could be them not picking up the offense as quickly. It, you're right. I mean, if this lingers all season, then clearly <laughs> this was the start of yeah. it. And, you know, they, they realize that. Mm -hmm. They're not going to let this keep going in that I'm sure the office line coach had to talk with them. We oh. need to be better. This is not <laughs> acceptable. Our number one priority is you are to protect that number one draft pick, who, by the way, is a smaller guy. He mm. can't be taking those hits. But 
it was week one of the preseason. <laughs> and sure. the Jets do have some good pass rushers. It's not mm-hmm. like this was, you know, they were going against, you know, some no-name some guys. Yeah. <laughs> These were some real players, some first-round draft picks. I mean, there's – sometimes it happens. I mm-hmm. mean, there's really good pass rushers in the NFL, and that's why those defensive ends get paid so much money. That's why those tackles get paid so much money is because – is one of the hardest positions in sports. It's it's a huge mismatch. There's a guy that's 6'6", 260, that runs a 4'5", <laughs> going against a guy that's 320 pounds that runs a 5 flat. I mean, it's a big mismatch on the football field. So I, I think that they're down in Charlotte right now, making sure they stay on top of it. My hope is that a month from now, this will be long forgotten. Mike Glennon, former NC State quarterback, 10-year NFL veteran, joining us here in studio on the drive. Uh, you bring up his size. Now, you know, you're six, 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 seven, whatever you are. You know, I'm, I'm sure it was taken for granted almost by some of your teammates that you could take a hit and you could step into throws. From a um like a like just a vibe or a, or a, you know, get the gist of the locker room. Was it almost good that Bryce Young took a couple hits and popped up? I think it's good for him to just, you know, you, you go from high school to college and you're like, ah, these guys hit harder. <laughs> you go from college to pros and you're kind of wondering, you know, does it, are they that much bigger, faster, stronger? And then you kind of realize, no, I've been playing <laughs> in the SEC for a while. And those, all those same pass rushers that we just talked about, I probably already played against. So for him, it was probably just a little bit like, I can take these hits. I can get up. But the Georgia defensive line is the yes. Eagles defensive line. Right. So <laughs> you've been going against them for a couple of years. Now it's a little bit different when you get hit a couple of times. You only play a couple of series and you wake up the next day and you might feel a little sore. I'm sure mm. you remember the first time oh, yeah. you get hit. Your body takes a little adjusting to get used to. That's what the preseason for is. That adrenaline you know, wears that, off a little bit. You know, I'm a little sore the next day, but when you play a full four quarters your body's gonna feel even different so it, it's a long season in the nfl now they're up to 17 games i mean he's he's gonna be uh he's gonna have some mondays and tuesdays where he's not feeling great and that might even linger into wednesday and this is just the start of it and uh, you, you know what i'm talking about it mm-hmm. feels good to get hit a little bit it's kind of a weird thing but it's like i kind of needed that it's been a while it's been six seven eight months since i've been hit i, I need to get used to this feeling again because that's the reality of of what i play and that's what I do for a living. It's it, yeah, it's good to get hit a time or two, and then it's all right. I'm good. Yeah. And then yeah. I don't need to be time hit. or two is good. Much more than that is like okay. Let, <laughs> let's, let's, let's let's get this together. Let's keep another guy into in, in protection here. Maybe a chip on on, on number whatever whoever's getting me. Um, <laughs> we're talking with Mike Glennon, former NC State quarterback, uh, played in the NFL for for a whole bunch of years. Um, that wide receiver group. We actually on on the Pack Therapy podcast, which which we we co-host. The first episode will be out uh, in time for your morning commute on Friday. So so state fans, be sure to check that out. Uh, we talked about with Brendan Armstrong, kind of maybe using a wide receiver by committee, or do you need that number one guy? The same almost can be asked about Carolina. Adam Thielen, longtime number two in Minnesota. Uh, DJ Chark, maybe a number one, maybe potential early in his career. Injuries have gotten on, on him. Uh, Mingo, a second-round pick. Uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., a former second-round pick. LaVisca Chenault, a do-it-all. Can they get it done with five, six, you know, number twos, two-and-a-halves, or do they need one of those guys to become a number one? Yeah, they can get by. And we're talking about real guys here. You know, we're talking about Adam Thielens, who's done it for over a decade, who was the go-to receiver in Minnesota for a couple years before Justin Jefferson got there. We're talking about DJ Chark, who I played with in Jacksonville, who was the number one receiver mm-hmm. when I was in Jacksonville. Talk about LaVisca Chenault, 
who was the number two receiver <laughs> when I was in Jacksonville. So we're talking about guys that have done it. They just have reasons why maybe at this stage in their career, they're not, you know, what they once were, but there's reason to believe they could get back to what they were. Adam Thielen is getting older. He's been productive for, like I said, a decade now. DJ Charks battled some injuries, went up to uh, Detroit last year, again, was injured, but played well. And, you know, they draft a guy in the second round with a lot of, with a lot of upside. So in the NFL, you have, I mean, those are some real guys that, you know, maybe you don't have that Jamar mm -hmm. chase, but you have guys that can go out and get it done. Having played with LaVisca Chenault, it's, it's, you know, the Debo Samuel role is, is what everyone that's observed the, the, the practices and been at camp is, is saying, does he have that kind of like, could he get 50 carries and 50 catches or something crazy like that? He could, he's built like a running back. If, mm -hmm you didn't line him up at receiver, you put a 28 number on him and put him in the backfield, he would look like uh, a big who, NFL running back. Yeah, who, who was the uh, the the Packers receiver who was 88 yeah, and playing in the Ty Montgomery. Tom Montgomery. Uh, yeah, maybe it's not the Debo he's, Samuel role. Maybe it's the I Percy Harvin, Ty Montgomery role. Right, he's the Cordero Patterson type, yep. you know, number 84 lined up there at running back. Um, LaVisca is great when you get the ball in his hands. You have to find as many different ways – to get him the ball, but asking him to run a full route tree and get open that way, that's not exactly his game. He can do it, Yep. but you'd rather find, you know, throw a bubble screen. I remember last year, I want to say one of the first weeks he got to Carolina after being traded, I think they just threw him a little bubble screen and took it to the house. You run reverses got, got very, with him. You, you run expectations screens. very, very high, very, very quickly. <laughs> you find different ways to get him the ball, um, but it's not going to be the the – the routes that Adam Thielen's running to mm. get open. They're different players, but LaVisca Chenault is dangerous when you get the ball in his hands. And, and then since you brought up, and we're talking with Mike Glennon, former NC State quarterback, 10-year NFL veteran, since you brought up that you played with uh, Chark also and, and you know had the opportunity to see him every day when he wasn't hurt, uh, what's what's his ceiling? DJ's a very good player. I mean, the year before I got there, I believe he went to the Pro Bowl in his mm -hmm. second year. Um, thousand yard receiver with us i mean we struggled that year we were we went we won the first game and lost 17 straight so there's going to be some battles along the way but just elim eliminated that offer though right <laughs> out the gate exactly <laughs> then we didn't have the pressure of uh you know being the cleveland D Detroit, browns or the yeah. Lions. um but dj is a is a really good player i when i was with him again he was only in his third year in the league i'm like i see this guy can be a number one receiver I, I don't know if he's that top 10 guy like you know some of the names we talked about but he could be a legit number one and since then he's just battled a little injury so if he could get back to being healthy and playing the level he was back in I guess this was 2019 2020 um, he's gonna be a player that the Panther fans like Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600 -700. The Nebraska Athletic Director, Trev Alberts. Nebraska is a brand that used to mean everything in college football. Still means something. What that means, it's up for debate. Our favorite coach, Matt Rule, is there. Oh, you're very... Didn't even connect the dots, but yes, you are very, very correct. Matt Rule is, is currently at Nebraska. So his boss, uh, Trev Alberts, is the latest to run around saying the sky is falling. 
right? He's the latest to, to warn of an Armageddon on the way. Um, he thinks, despite all the disruption we've seen recently in college sports, uh, Trev Alberts told the Lincoln Journal Star that he doesn't believe the disruption is done. It's never been done. It's more likely than not that there will be continued periods of angst. He believes that the next go-around, his basic conclusion, will be far more disrupted than anything we're currently engaged in. He added, we need to uh, we need to prepare ourselves mentally for that. I have questions. First question. If there's going to be something much, much more disruptive than what we've already seen, which has eliminated the Pac-12, who not long ago was one of the, if not the, premier conference, gone, dunzo. If there's something more disruptive than that coming, how do we prepare ourselves mentally for it? Are we talking, do, should we go buy all of the gear that has conference logos on it because they're going to be throwbacks and and uh, out of print soon and, and you want to remember the good old days? Is that what you're talking about? Go go get some hats that say ACC and SEC and Big Ten and because because they're they're not going to be made because the conferences are going to cease to exist? How do we mentally prepare ourselves for something we've grown up loving not being what it used to be? I, what does I'm 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 a big adapter die like I, I get that I see that I'm usually pro innovation I'm usually pro staying on the cutting edge trying new things I I don't know where I read this but I but I think it's kind of true um, as far as innovation and in like in inventions and and developments. Again, I don't know where I read it, but but the, the dates seem true. Anything that happens and, and is developed before you're 18 years old, you see as necessary. You see as like the world can't operate without this thing. Yeah. Anything that is is uh, invented or innovated or, or kind of implemented before you're 35, you see as innovative. You see as like, oh, this is an awesome new thing. Oh, this is cool. Anything after that you see as unnecessary. Mm. You're going, why? Things were great before this. That's again, I just read it somewhere, but it seems like it hits. I'm sneaking up on 35, so maybe that's why I'm looking around going, "Hey, I I don't need big disruption in college sports. Let's consider what we had before. Maybe I'm just, you know, my perspective is changing." And but, I'm a little past 35, so I get that. So I mean, I don't know if it's true exactly for everyone, you know, age is a state of mind, but I have been big on adapt or die, but I'm also trying to sprinkle in a little don't ignore tradition. Mm-hmm. Like, don't ignore you, – you You have to make sure you keep the best parts of what it is while using the innovation around those things. And I, I still think that some of the best parts of, of college sports are the rivalries. I still think some of the best parts of college sports – are the deep-seated traditions, right? The the chanting from the student section, the uh, we really don't like that school, they really don't like us, even though it's all just kind of made-up hatred. Like, like I still think that matters. Alberts continued talking to the Lincoln Journal star. Uh, I'll read you the, the direct quote from Trev Alberts, the Nebraska athletic director. This is my own personal opinion, but I think the future has to contemplate football being taken out of the mix. We're moving to a 35 to 40 
top brands being part of something. If you just look at football in isolation, eventually conferences will matter less in a sense. If we can find a way to take football and have that be this entity here, I think then we can get back to doing some much more intelligent thinking around the rest of sports, which should be regionally based. Now, there is a lot of sense there. Like I've said, we, we talked earlier, and you can find it on the uh, the, the, the podcast on, on YouTube. Uh, we talked about football being separated. I think there's a lot more questions that have to be asked and answered before it becomes plausible, but there's a lot of sense there. The thing that surprised me is 35 to 40 brands. He's saying let's take 35 to 40 top brands and be part of something when it comes to college football. That's the smallest number I've heard. That's where the disruption becomes aggressive. I'm just going to run through some some quick categories here, okay? Uh, if you just take the national champion since 2000, so national champions this century, it's 12 names. Okay. okay. If you take other schools in the top 25 in athletics total revenue, right? If you have the money, you have some power. So, you know, outside of the uh, not double counting the national champions, the rest of the top 25 in ath- athletics total revenue, uh, you get 15 more names, 15 additional names. That gets you to 27 total. 27 have either won a national championship since 2000 or in the top 25 in athletics total revenue. Other Yahoo put out a list earlier this offseason of uh, the most valuable brands. So they did like the how much is advertising and eyeballs worth for college football, every different team in the country. Uh, of their top 25, nine haven't been added to the, the lists that I've already listed. That gets you to 36 teams. Mm-hmm. Teams that are not on any of those lists, so 35 to 40 is what he said. Teams that are not on any of those lists – State, Duke, TCU, UCLA, Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech, Baylor, Maryland, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Colorado, Stanford. Those teams aren't included if you go to 35. I mean, and you could, you know, like Utah was in there as one of the the biggest brands. Maybe you flip out Utah for one of the others. Maybe. Uh, but, But there's a lot of schools that are expecting to be in whatever football exclusive club is 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 in the future. And if you listen to the Nebraska athletic director who said 35 to 40, there's going to be like that is you know how every year the NCAA tournament they they name 68 teams then they name the first four out mm-hmm. and those first four out are furious and then they they name the next four out and those next four out are still pretty mad. And you want to say like, well, yeah, but if you're the 37th team that didn't get in there, you you, you probably shouldn't be mad. Oh, they're all going to be mad when they're left out of this thing. Oh, yeah. It's not just the first four out. It's not just the next four out. It's like the first 30 out are all going to expect to be there, not hope to be there, not fingers crossed. If we get lucky and we, we create some partnerships, we'll be there. It's like, no, we better. And if we don't, we are going to raise H-E, you know what's. It's going to go quickly. 35 to 40? You want to talk chaos? Tell college football we're starting a better premier league with 35 teams. It'll be a cage match to the death. Mm -hmm. Teams will be fighting dirty. They'll be out in skeletons from other teams' closets if they think that'll eliminate them from contention and vault them higher up the, the power rankings. I hope Trev Alberts is not right. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.